spokes on a regal black chick from the wood, but she know the South Central. Blue face hundreds, new face hundreds. All money in, that's the crew that straight running shit. When you think of me, just think of loyalty. I was just a seed from the soil, now I'm king. This is royalty. First came to pain. What up, everybody? This is Kenny on a solo mission for the Champagne Sharks. Um, hit the Patreon. Um, follow us on Twitter, Champagne Sharks. You can follow uh, Mario on Twitter at MD Mills or don't at me on Twitter. You can follow uh, T on uh, Twitter at T Ricky Rawls. Uh, actually, I think he changed his name to Bigger Long or something like that. I'm not sure what he changed his name to, but you can find me on Twitter at 503-305-PODCAST. That is the other podcast that I do. Um, I don't have a personal page anymore, but for those of you that do remember, I was uh, KD the BG. That that page got banned. I am permanently banned from Twitter. Just luckily, I have the podcast, uh, the other podcast that me and Jamila does. I still have that page active, so um, you can still reach me on there. And I'm on a solo mission tonight, man, you know, so <clears throat> with that being said, um, you know, I'm I'm really here uh, on a solo mission just to shoot the shit. But there's some things I want to tie up some loose ends on some of the uh, past shows that we've done. And um, yeah, you know, so I'm just I'm just here for that. And for those of you that are interested, hit the Patreon. I believe the Patreon was at five bucks or something like that. It's it's the price that you guys put up on a blunt. So like on the real, like don't even act like you ain't got five bucks. And that's not me begging or nothing like that, because really, I just want you guys to pay attention to the show because I think we just we, we're dope and we say dope shit and we have dope ass episodes. So that being said, I'm on a solo mission tonight. T is I don't know where T is and I don't know where Mario is. So it's just me. I'm at the crib and um here in Portland, Oregon. And uh yeah, man, sit back. Stay tuned. So um, something that I wanted to bring up was some topics from the Harriet episode that we did. And just from a historical purpose, I, I love history. A lot of people know a lot of you out there that, that know me know I'm a historian and I'm always doing research on history and things of that nature. So um, thinking back on the show that we did and thinking about some of the um, some of the drama that has existed ever since that Harriet movie came out just from a historical purpose. And what I found interesting was that nobody really talks about the other people that were involved in Harriet Tubman creating and, and um, venturing down this quote unquote underground railroad. Now, most, most people, you know, when I was a kid, I thought the underground railroad really was like Harriet Tubman in a train and putting enslaved people in the train and, you know, like a conductor, you know, and <laughs> driving the train up to Pennsylvania somewhere, watching, you know, uh, Boston or something, getting people free. Um, I found out later that it has nothing to do with that, of course, but um, it was a handoff system that she created where there was other black people and some black people that could pass for white that she can hand people off to like, like, and that's what makes it a train, you know, um, that movie didn't really talk too much about that. Um, it really focused on Harriet Tubman as some type of X-Men character or something or some type of superhero or, you know, Black Panther. And, is, and at, in this day and age, there is no need 
you know, and this is just my opinion. There's no need to have uh, fictional characters for something that really happened in real life. You know, it's like the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer movie. Like that was dumb. You know what I'm saying? If you, if we, I don't know if there's any real biopics about Abraham Lincoln, but to that be the first one, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer or whatever it's called. Like, man, that's, it doesn't make any sense, and it kind of like um, it makes it makes people seem cartoonish. You know, there's no need to see a cartoonish version of Harriet Tubman. Keep it real. Every time you've ever seen a picture of Harriet Tubman, one, she's not smiling. You know, to, to this day, uh, as many pictures I've seen of Harriet Tubman, I don't even know if that woman had teeth. OK, but one thing is for sure. She wasn't smiling and she always had a gun. If she didn't have if she didn't have a gun, she looked like she's about to reach for one. <laughs> OK, so that person is a warrior. There's nothing with depicting women as warriors i think i thought it would have been dope of her being uh, um, depicted as a warrior than as someone whose eyes is bucking and she's scared running from some fictional black man that never existed and looking to be saved by some white man who never existed you know what i mean at least not in the capacity that they created in that movie um I don't I don't understand what the point of that was. I mean, I, I mean, I understand what the point of it was, because these people uh, suffer from massive presentism. Um, these are the type of people that follow a lot of the white liberal politics, a lot of the um, I guess, you know, a lot of the Internet social media politics where, you know, if you say something wrong to them, they can call you any name in the book. You're misogynist. You're you're homophobic all because you're asking questions like, hey, why is this black character following Harriet Tubman around trying to kill her? This person didn't exist. You're a homophobe. You're misogynist and you're you don't like black women. I don't even understand how the hell they come up with those concepts. But just for, you know, these people use massive presentism. And one of the most important things to them is, quote unquote, being seen. They want to be seen. And it ain't by black people. OK, that's not who they trying to, quote unquote, be seen by. You know, so they'll, they they all pack their personalities and their lives into this character in this movie. And what it what it really I mean, it's kind of funny. It's not funny because it's kind of dangerous. But it's, what I thought was kind of funny is that this is who these people are. These people are the person that they depicted for Harry to be in the movie. She's every every interaction she has with a black man. The black man is doing horrible things and the white man saves her. That's who these people are on social media. I'm not going to say who their names are. We all know who they are, but that's one of the things that they want. They want to be saved by white people and particularly white men. I don't know what I mean. I, I understand why this is kind of a Stockholm syndrome thing. It's kind of a, a self-hate thing because a lot of these people don't like black people. They're black, but they don't even like black people. You know what I mean? These these are the type of black people that one, either they're um, not from the black community or they were outcasts in the black community. So, you know, I guess, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, they could be considered the nerds or whatever you want to call it. But being a nerd doesn't mean that you're an outcast. What these people didn't understand is that they didn't fit in to the things that they thought they should have been able to fit into. Instead of finding their own identity, they just wanted to fit into someone else's identity. And that's what has happened in this movie. So Harriet Tubman went from being very regal, being a warrior, being someone who was an emancipator to being this hiding behind a tree, eyes bucking, scared, always running. You know what I mean? Um, 
I didn't appreciate that one bit from a historical standpoint for the simple fact that I think it's very important for me as a black man to be able to convey history over to my children, my nieces, my nephews, my neighbors, whoever is that wants to know history. And now at this point, there's going to be a, a lot of people that get their history from watching this bum ass movie. And no one's going to know the question if it's true or not, because, you know, it's 2019. People don't read history books. History is not interesting to a lot of people. So they figure they can just watch a movie and think that's all they need to know. I mean, it, and that goes across the board. I mean, if you watch the movie Malcolm X, same thing. If you watch the movie Glory, it's the same thing. They're movies. And while we do know movies are not supposed to be depicted to be all the way 100 percent the truth, they're going to embellish a couple of things. This is different. This is different because this is um, they're trying to make a point. OK, they're not embellishing uh, a couple of, you know, embellishing something with Harriet Tubman would be that, you know, Harriet Tubman shot six white men, killed them. You know what I mean? Um, that didn't happen in real life, but it would look good on camera because she's a she's an emancipator. So she's trying to save people and she's busting slugs in these motherfuckers. That would be dope. But for them, embellishing means just changing who she is altogether. She's not Harriet Tubman that we've all read about, that we all know about. That's not who she is anymore. She has turned into a social justice warrior from Twitter. And that's dangerous. So, you know, um, I think I don't know if people will agree with me. And, you know, if they don't, that's fine. But I don't think this movie is really going to um, make a huge impact. But, you know, I have a 15 year old daughter. My daughter hasn't seen the movie, but she also knows her history because she lives with me. So she knows her. <laughs> she knows her history and she's not um, lacking in that in that department. But there's going to be a lot of kids out there, especially kids that come from single parent homes. They might live with a mother that hates their father. They might live with a mother that hates men. And then they put this movie on and then it becomes gospel, you know, things of that nature. Or it just might be somebody that just don't know any better. And they think that's just what it is. I mean, there were tweets. There were people that were tweeting and they were talking about how, oh, I didn't know too much about Harry Tubman. I'm so glad I got to see this movie. And that's the that's the gist of what they believe Harry Tubman is all about. She's a little bit more more in depth than that. Um, and it's too bad. I mean, you know, um, I think eventually we'll hopefully one of these days people like someone's going to put together a real documentary or movie about all of these heroes and sheroes that existed through time, whether it be African-American, Mexican-American, Cuban-American, whatever, whatever it is, just get the truth out there and quit bullshitting because this is dangerous, man. You know, um, the people that, you know, when somebody knows your history better than you do, you're in a, you're at an advantage or a disadvantage. Should I say you're at a disadvantage for the simple fact that they can tell you who you are. You know what I mean? They can tell you who you are. You don't even know who you are because you don't know your history. So they can tell you whatever they want. You know, you hear that you see this stuff all the time. You can go on social media, YouTube or whatever. I tell people all the time, if you want to do an experiment, it's very it's phenomenal. If you want to do an experiment, and see how race relations are going, um, go on YouTube and um, put in the search engine, the Rodney King riots. And fuck the video. Look at the comments. We already know what happened in the video, but look at the comments. And that'll let you know where we're at, where we're at with race relations and what you'll see. And there is a whole lot of white supremacists and non-white white supremacists. And they're saying a lot of negative things about black people, about Africa. Africa's a, oh, it's that, that place is a, it's a shithole and mud huts and all this different kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So if you don't know your history, you will be led down that path to be led to believe that as an African, you've never created anything. You've never contributed to anything in history, 
in society, in the betterment of society, whether it be American society or world society, you never did anything. You didn't do anything until 1964. That's when you did something. That was when uh, they signed the Civil Rights Bill, 1964 Civil Rights Bill. So you didn't do anything until um, Martin Luther King and people like that came onto the scene. And even when they came into the scene, you didn't really do anything because Lyndon Baines Johnson had to sign the Civil Rights Bill. So, you know, you'll get blamed for everything. And there are a lot of black people out there that get that part, that, that uh, rhetoric from people and they believe it. So I say all that to say, because if you put this movie out, it's a lot of rhetoric. It's not real. And that's not anti-woman. That's not anti-black woman. That's not anti-anything. That's anti-bullshit. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? If you're not going to be anti-bullshit and, and ask for the truth, you need the truth. It's very important that you get the truth. So um, hopefully people, you know, push back and um as for the real and it's been it's it's been pretty well i mean you have a lot of people like you know yvette carnell and tone and all those different kinds of people breaking brown that are pushing back these are scholars these are these are these are you know intelligent people these aren't um people that are coming with their own agenda these aren't people that um are pushing narratives because of their religion or you know you get a lot of the brothers out there the hebrew israelites and all these different people they have their own agenda but we're just talking about intellectuals we're talking about intelligent people from intelligent black society um educated people and i don't mean educated as in college they're educated they read you know what i mean they study they do research you know these are the people that are fighting for the truth you know what i mean so that was one of the loose things i wanted to tie up um I think it's very I think, uh, you know, a lot of times when we're talking about history and scholarly work, and I, I, I was texting Mario earlier and he was like, man, if you're going to do a solo, you got to bring that scholarly stuff. Well, shit, I don't know how to do nothing else. You know what I mean? I, that's just what I do, you know, uh, as, a, as a historian. Um, Harriet Tubman isn't the only black woman that's ever done anything. There's a lot of other black women through history that has done a lot of great things, whether you're talking about black women from the Panthers, black women during the early 1800s, whatever it is, there's a lot of, but you know, these people focus on one particular person because she's popular. Harriet Tubman's supposed to be on the $20 bill coming up here soon, supposedly, you know, that was supposed to happen. I don't know if that's going to happen. So she's the one person that they can point to and jump inside of her and create their own character of who she wants to be. Now, if you said, um, you know, Hey, do, you know, Mary Bethune Cookman, uh, uh, Miss Bethune, we're going to we're going to do a documentary on her. Most people don't even know who the hell she is. You know what I mean? They don't know who who she is. They know where Bethune Cookman, the school is. You know what I'm saying? They know where uh, um, um, they know her name is on the school. So they know who Mary uh, Bethune is as far as the college down in, I believe, uh, Bethune Cookman College is in Tallahassee, Florida or something like that. Um, so they know they know that much about her, but they don't know anything else. You know what I mean? You know, um, and she's a very important person. She she has done. She did a lot of things, you know, so you have people like her. You have um, Shirley Chisholm. You have Rosa Parks. You got a lot of different black people. Maya Angelou. You got a lot. Sojourner Truth. We haven't gotten a Sojourner Truth documentary, but you're not going to hear. You don't hear her name pop up too often, you know, so. They, they know what they're doing as far as like trying to get a, a create a narrative and start, you know, um, how you say lying <laughs> when it's time to lie. They pick the right person to lie on. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that's that. But, um, you know, I guess that's, it is what it is.
Um, last night, and this is just, you know, for those of you that remember, I do do a sports podcast, but I thought this was hilarious. It's not funny because somebody could have got hurt, but it was funny uh, to see. Um, there's a guy named uh, Mason Rudolph. He's a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he got into a fight at the end of a game where his team lost. Uh, with this big ass defensive end, Miles Garrett, and uh, Miles Garrett ripped his helmet off and hit him in the head with it. And I thought it was funny because uh, Mason Rudolph and his girlfriend are huge, huge, huge Trump supporters. You know what I mean? Uh, I've never heard him say anything racist or anything like that. You know, uh, I've heard him, I've seen him tweet suspect stuff, you know, typical stuff, you know, but I just thought it was funny. Uh, I just wanted to crowbar that in there that I thought that was funny that he got a helmet bounced off his head. Um, it was hilarious. Even though they did uh, suspend Miles Garrett for the entire season, it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth it to have that motherfucker bounce right off his fucking noggin. That was very, that was very interesting. Also, um, and this is uh, ties into sports and politics. Colin Kaepernick is getting a tryout this Saturday in Atlanta, and supposedly twenty-two NFL teams are going to be there, and um, hopefully, it works out for him. I believe Colin Kaepernick is barely 30 years old, so he's not he's not old. He's not some old guy that's, uh you know, trying to get into the NFL, anything like that. He's been out of the NFL for three years, two and a half years. Yeah, he's 32 years old, so he's still young, young enough to play quarterback. I mean, Tom Brady is 41, so he's still got, you know, time to play. He's in great shape, you know, so hopefully it works out for him and he can um get back in the game, man. Uh, I never stopped watching football just because he – I never seen Colin Kaepernick say we gotta y'all should stop watching football. So I didn't stop watching football. But even if he did say it, I'd still watch football because I'm a grown ass man and I do what I want to do. But I still believe that he can play and I believe he deserves a shot. Uh, I think he'd be a perfect fit in Atlanta if he goes to Atlanta or Carolina, a place where there is a huge population of African Americans, so he could be protected. You cannot send Colin Kaepernick to Buffalo, okay? You can't send Colin Kaepernick to Vegas when the Raiders move there can't do that you can't send him to dallas houston miami you can't do that you got to protect that brother okay because it could get ugly because the moment he's called in to play the internet's gonna break because i believe he's gonna get on a team but the moment that he's called in to play because someone got injured or something like that because he's not gonna come back as a starter um the internet's gonna shut down the world's gonna shut down and if for whatever reason he's successful for every touchdown pass he he throws a white supremacist will die so just be prepared for that um a lot of i've seen a lot of people complaining about um colin kaepernick getting a shot and you know they're saying that jay-z might have had something to do with it and so they're they're trying to hate on jay-z about it you know at this point who gives a damn I don't know what Jay-Z is doing with the NFL. I have no idea. For all I know, he could be a fucking garbage man. I don't know. He's running sanitation for the NFL. I have no idea. But to make it like, you know, he's an issue. If he helped Colin Kaepernick get a tryout, more power to him. Good. I guess he got his, he did his job then, huh? You know, but if you just mad, just be mad. Then man, get over that shit, man. Because at the end of the day, you don't have to watch. You don't have to watch football anymore because remember, most of you guys chose you weren't going to watch football anymore because you weren't going to watch because you thought the NFL was racist and all these kind of things. So is the NFL racist? More than likely. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're talking about a a league that has had maybe. Wow. 20 black coaches in its history. 
And we're just now getting, you know, it's, it's interesting that um, of all the MVP candidates in the NFL, all the quarterbacks are black. That's hilarious to me. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson. All black quarterbacks, all MVP candidates. And the one white candidate is a white running back. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> for those of you that remember um, the show, uh, You Can't Do That on Television, that's the introduction to the opposites. <laughs> If you're old enough to remember that show, which uh, kind of shows my age because that show probably hasn't been on the air in shit, 25, 30 years. But um, that's the introduction to the opposites, man. You know, the white running back is the MVP candidate and all, all the quarterback MVP candidates are black. That's hilarious. But, you know, that's where we're going. That's that's what that's what sports is all about. And that's what, um, you know, when you want to. Uh, when you want to level the playing field, people have to get a shot. The best shell show up. That doesn't mean there ain't any good white quarterbacks in the NFL. Shit, Tom Brady is still playing. There's plenty of good white quarterbacks. But the brothers are getting a shot and they're showing up. So there's been a lot of slander. People don't like certain black quarterbacks, whatever. And they always lie. They always use this thinly veiled racism comparing a black quarterback to another black quarterback who didn't succeed. But they never they never compare a white quarterback to a white quarterback that didn't succeed. They just say he sucks. But the black quarterback, they'll say, oh, he's going to be just like dot, dot, dot. Some black quarterback that flamed out wasn't worth a damn. So it's it's hilarious to me, you know, but uh, they just have to deal with it because this is what it's going to be from now on. There's going to be black quarterbacks showing up in the NFL from here on out until we're all dead and burned up. That's just what it's going to be. So they'll get over it. Uh, as far as Jay-Z, I don't know what Jay-Z does in the NFL. I have no idea. I don't know what he has to do with anything. I just figured that they brought Jay-Z in because. He's Jay-Z. I mean, shit, what does Jay-Z do for a living? I mean, I, I know him as a rapper and a scammer. He's definitely a scammer. And I'm, for those of you that uh, don't remember, we did the Jowzy uh, episode, two-part episodes. I think one part is on SoundCloud. The other one is on um, Patreon. But Jay-Z's a scammer. Um, and that's cool. As long as we know better, you know, I know better. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, you know, something like T said, uh, Jay-Z is the type of dude that'll, uh, that'll steal your ice and sell you, sell you the water back. <laughs> but I thought that was really interesting because it's true. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of crazy, weird stuff is going on. Uh, Trump, they're trying to impeach Trump, things like that. I have no, I don't keep up with a lot of stuff like that. For those of you that do know me, I talk a lot about sports and politics. So, because I believe that sports is a huge part of politics. You know, sports is where you will learn what someone is really about, especially from the fans. You know, when Colin Kaepernick started kneeling, white people lost their damn mind. And the reason why they lost their mind is because it was a black person doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do. That's really what it boiled down to. He's doing what he wants to do because sport is an area, especially college and NFL is a sport where white people get to live vicariously through the systems and the mechanisms that exist. They also get to live vicariously through the athletes. So whether that means black athletes or white athletes, they get to live through them. And it's something interesting that uh, Mario said this well, a couple months ago. When the whole idea of college football players getting paid, um, really, you really only see white people complaining about it. And they're always the same type of white people. 
middle-aged white dude between the ages of 40 and 55 complaining complaining because quote unquote the players get a free education well as a former college athlete i can tell you right now it's not free because scholarships are yearly contracts they are not there's no such thing as a full ride for a college athlete if they want to pull your scholarship they can do it and there ain't a damn thing you could do about it uh it happened to me it happened to a lot of other people um but they're mad about that they're mad because college players are going to get paid and I always, I always figured that they were living vicariously through the players. But Mario says something very interesting. They're living vicariously through the system and the mechanisms that hold the players down. That's some deep shit. And after thinking about that, he's right. The simple fact that college athletes don't get paid. They have to work hard, bust their ass, risk injury, life and limb, literally life and limb on a football field or a basketball court. That's symbolic. For people who have a history of oppressing people, not not all, some, not all, I'm not going to say all, but the system that did exist and still exists to this day of oppressing people that don't look like them. This is a threat. This is a threat. If you start paying college athletes, I saw someone on Twitter. Um, there was a topic talking about paying college athletes. And the first thing this person tweeted was, well, now they're going to have jerry curls and gold chains. It's like, what? You mean to tell me, wait, they ain't going to want to pay their rent. They ain't going to want to buy a nice, sustainable car. They ain't going to want to put some money in the bank. They're going to get a jerry curl and gold chains. Fuck the jerry curl part. I know that's cartoonish, but gold chains. But even if they did, why the fuck does it bother you? Why does it bother you what someone else does with their money? Like it ain't costing you anything. The only thing is the only thing you paying for is tickets to go to the game, a hot dog or cable at your home to watch the game. You don't have a say in what the players do with their money. And you really don't care. You know, they always throw those out there. Oh, they're going to end up broke and they're going to mismanage their money. You don't give a fuck. You don't care about that. That's never been a care of yours. You don't care because it ain't costing you shit. So if a player, you know, and players go broke all the time, players go broke, players um, lose their scholarships or whatever, and they're not in college sports anymore and you don't even remember them. So you wait for the next crop of kids to come in and same thing. But for some reason, and it's only uh, football, basketball, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but hockey players and uh, hockey, they can go from junior hockey to the NHL. Junior hockey is like between the ages of, 14, 15, 15 and 19, they can go straight from junior hockey league to the NHL. They don't have to go to college. Same thing with college or high school baseball. You can sign a, a contract with an MLB team straight out of high school. Russell Wilson did. Ricky Williams did. They were getting paid $300,000. So they weren't worried about having money in college. They had a lot of money. So you don't care about the money. You care about the person that's getting it. And that's a strike to your ego that it is the same thing in boxing. It's, it's a strike to your ego that this person is more athletic than you can possibly whoop your ass and he's getting paid. You don't like that. It's the same thing in boxing. They don't like Floyd Mayweather. Floyd, is Floyd Mayweather a piece of shit? More than likely. I don't know Floyd Mayweather personally, but just from what I can see, he's a great boxer. One of my favorite boxers. But as a person, yeah, Floyd Mayweather is a piece of shit. You know what I mean? He's, he's just he's ignorant. You know, uh, the stuff that comes out of his mouth makes absolutely no sense. But that's not why 
the racists don't like Floyd Mayweather. The reason why they don't like Floyd Mayweather is because he has a lot of money and he can whoop their ass. That bothers the white male ego, the racist white male ego. That bothers them really bad. Um, you see it now. There's a, a boxer by the name of Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is a good brother. He's a good dude, real good dude. Uh, conscious, very intelligent brother from Alabama. He speaks up for his people and he's the heavyweight champion. He knocks motherfuckers out all the time. There's only a certain section of people that don't like him, the racist. And they'll come up with all kind of different reasons why they don't like him, whatever those reasons are. But really, at the end of the day, it's because he's not Joe Lewis. He's not the Joe Lewis type that's going to, you know, bow down to the system, be controlled by a promoter, be controlled by a manager. He's not that kind of guy. He's his own man. And that's something that the racist white male ego does not like. They don't like seeing black men being able to control their own destiny. That's a threat to them, even though it has nothing to do with them. It's not going to injure them in any kind of way financially, emotionally. Well, emotionally is different. Um, financially, it's not going to harm them, but emotionally it bothers them. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's a lot of things. It's a it's a he's more athletic than me. He can whip my ass Two, He's not a fucking coon. He's not a, a sellout. So he's for his people. So he understands racism. OK, I'm afraid now because he understands racism. He can whip my ass and he has lots of money. Oh, and he might take my woman, too. OK, so now he understands racism. He's for his people. He makes a lot of money. He can whip my ass and he might fuck my woman. Where do I fit in? That's what the, that's how the right the racist white male uh, brain works. There's nowhere he can dominate. There's nowhere, nowhere he can conquer. You know what I mean? So it's very it's very important that, you know, a lot of people, I understand a lot of fans of the show, they don't watch sports. That's fine. But if you ever get a chance, the number one sport that you should watch to understand race is boxing. You should watch boxing and you should watch it for the simple fact that you will learn all you need to know about race relations around the world, not just in America. You will know Everything you need to know about race relations around the world. If a black fighter is not fighting a black fighter, you will learn all you need to know. And it's always been that way. They hated Muhammad Ali. They hated Jack Johnson. They hated Jack Johnson so much when Jack Johnson knocked out. Um, he won the heavyweight championship in the early 1900s. Um when he when he knocked out Jess Willard, or actually it was uh, Jim Jeffries. When Jack Johnson knocked out Jim Jeffries in 1910, black people got killed. There were riots around the country and some black black people were killed because Jack Johnson won. Now, that was just a little over 100 years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Um, there was riots in Columbus, Ohio, Louisiana, Little Rock, Arkansas, New York. Norfolk, Virginia, Omaha, Pittsburgh, Pueblo, Pueblo, Colorado, St. Louis, Georgia, Washington, D.C., Wilmington, North Carolina. That's a lot of places where a lot of people were angry about that. Um, you know, it, it's it's something that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the um, I'm looking at the. Um, the news articles, these old articles, and it says in Columbus, Ohio, around 400 black people held a parade in Columbus, Ohio, after Jack Johnson won, to which brawls started ensuing uh, in Louisiana. Three black people were killed and several more were severely injured after riots in Shreveport. 
uh, in Madison, Louisiana. East Carroll Parish is where two black men were killed. Lake Providence. This is this is all the all because Jack Johnson won. Two black men were killed in Little Rock, Arkansas. Eleven eleven separate riots erupted in New York City when Jack Johnson won. You know, Omaha, Nebraska, two black men were killed in a riot. Uh, over 300 white Navy sailors roamed the streets of Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia, assaulting black people after it happened. You know, Pittsburgh, St. Louis. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So they hated Jack Johnson. They hated Muhammad Ali, not because he changed his name, but because he wouldn't do what they wanted him to do. They didn't give a damn about, about Muhammad Ali's name or his, his religion or anything like that. He wasn't able to be controlled. The same thing with Mike Tyson. They hated Mike Tyson. They like him now because he's tame. You know, they defanged him. So they like Mike Tyson now. They won't like Floyd Mayweather until he goes broke. Then they'll like him again. You know, they always say, I like I didn't I don't like money Mayweather. I liked pretty boy Floyd. Yeah, he was broke then. Of course you did. You know, it's the same thing with basketball players. The same thing about basketball players. They don't like LeBron because he can't be controlled. Now, if he went broke or got a DUI or got a divorce from his wife, then they'd like him because they'd, they'd be able to have something over him. That's how the white racist male ego works. He don't want to level. They don't want a level playing field. And that's fine because they ain't there. Ain't, you know, they just have to deal with it because they ain't, none of this is going to change. This is going to keep on going the way it's been going. You know what I mean? Black people are going to achieve and racist people are going to get angry. They'll get over it. Um, and speaking of, I mean, as a matter of fact, um, I'll say, I'll, let's say, let's say um, there's some boxing matches coming up soon. You know, um, well, I'll probably let people know later on about them just so you, just to do an experiment so you guys can see how this stuff works. Um, it's very interesting how this works. But um, yeah, so, you know, for everybody out there that uh, pays attention to the show. You guys know that I always blame everything on the Internet. Um, the reason why I do that is because I pay attention to the Internet and I see how a lot of people base their decision making on the Internet, whether it be relationships, whether it's um, what they're going to do for a living. They base it on the Internet. You know, when something goes wrong in hip hop, they blame it. You can blame really can blame the Internet. You know, when things go wrong in politics, look at the Internet. You know what I mean? Um, there was a video clip and I'm we'll probably talk about it another time more in depth. But there's a video clip from a show called Evil that Mario uh, sent us. And <laughs> it's not funny, but it is funny. It was like a, a the the clips that were about these dudes that were like they couldn't get a date. You know what I mean? They were pretty much a bunch of uh Elliot Rogers. And uh one of the guys was trying to go out with this girl. She worked at like a Starbucks restaurant or a um coffee shop or something like that, and she told him that she was in a relationship and while the guy was leaving the kid was leaving the the coffee shop some guy who claimed to be a therapist was like gassing him up like yeah man she just disrespected you you know man you sh you should have access to women you know what i mean it was a straight elliot rogers shit and it, and it all formulated into this same dude getting online with all these other fucking 4chan weirdo dudes and they're gonna do something about it they're mad because they can't get a date and I told Mario earlier, I said, you know, it's crazy because back in the day before the Internet, the dudes that couldn't get a date, they just watched pornos and jack off. I mean, that was it was that was good. That was that was a, that was the gist of it. You know what I mean? They were kind of weird, but at least they had they had their women. They might be on VHS tape, but they had them. You know, OK, there was never uh, guys that was trying to get together as a group and go out and harm women. You know what I mean? And uh, that 
I I never seen that before until I got online on social media and I see that there's these areas where these dudes are like angry and they're mad because one they can't get a date or it's not that they can't get a date the way they want to treat women women ain't having it and they don't like that so they're they're like confused like why can't I treat you like shit you know what I mean like it's really weird it's really weird it's almost like a sociopathic behavior and um on that show you know the guy is supposedly a therapist and you know me and mario we've talked about therapy on the show plenty of times uh therapy does not is not going to be a place where your therapist is going to tell you that you deserve a woman and you uh yeah that woman's treating you wrong and you know she's disrespecting you as a man and you just because you're a, a white american man you deserve a woman you know okay that's not how therapy works uh, I don't know how the show ends and we're probably going to go more in depth into it. But I just thought that was interesting to look at how they've depicted these people that we all have seen online, white and black. These old men going their own way, dudes, you know, the Elliot Roger type dudes, you know, those Elliot, those Elliot Roger videos where he's sitting in his car, literally hating on other men because they have women. And he's sitting up there whining, talking about how I deserve to have a woman. Look, look at that. Look at that black dude over there. What's he doing with that white woman? What the fuck does it look like he's doing? Why are you sitting in the car? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that dude, he's dead now. He shot up a bunch of people and then got killed by the cops or he killed himself. I, mean, I forgot what happened to that weirdo. But that that that's that's amazing to me that that it was the, the way it was depicted in the show. Man, it was just like the way you see it on social media. Like these dudes need help and the internet is not helping some people it's no different for them than it is for the 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 women on there that just talk shit about black men all day it's no different you know what i mean you know back in the day you wouldn't be allowed to talk like that someone would check you and be like hey man what the fuck is wrong with you you know what i mean but now you don't have to consult with anyone in real life you can just find more weirdos online and you guys all talk about the same one you just have a circle jerk you know what i'm saying talking bad about black men you know what I'm saying? And I thought that was very I think it's very interesting and something that um, people need to look at as far as scientifically what social media has done to people's brains. You know what I mean? It's pretty much turned people's brains into smash hamburger patties. You know what I mean? Like you don't even you don't even want to come up with a solution. You just want to sit online and bitch and moan all day about what you don't have as far as like your relationship. Every relationship is not going to be perfect. You know what I mean? Um I think that's a. I thought that was phenomenal how they depicted that because it really is like that on social media. And what it's going to lead to is what it has happened is dudes getting guns and going in places and shooting a bunch of women. You know what I mean? Because they can't get a woman. Well, shit. Go buy a prostitute. Shit. Go get a sex or a sex worker or whatever you want to call them. Go get. Go get you. A, go pay a stripper. I don't know. You know what I mean? I think at the end of the day, a lot of those dudes. It's not even the fact that they don't they can't get a woman because if they did go buy a prostitute, they wouldn't even know what the fuck to do, because if they if, if they knew what to do, they would have done it. <laughs> they would have done it by now. But they so damn lame. They can't even do that right. You know what I mean? So I don't I think there's it's a mental thing going on with a lot of these weirdos out here. And the Internet has made it worse, man. Um, people, you know, I've talked about it before. There's been times I've jumped off social media for months. You know, I, when the, when this podcast first started. I was going to be on it from day one and I missed the first shit, probably the first 80 episodes, maybe more because I wasn't on social media. I was off social media for like nine months, almost a year. I didn't use any social media. I didn't want nothing to do with it. 
deleted off my phone and was just living my life. You know, when I got back on it, I had no idea what the fuck was going on in society. You know, um, every now and then I feel like jumping back off, you know, well, I might not have a choice because they banned my Twitter account, my personal Twitter account. I might not have a choice, but I thought that was interesting that I, w- I wasn't completely in the dark because I knew what was going on in the world. But the social media world where you get the news that fast, I didn't know anything about what was going on. So when I jumped onto the podcast and the brothers were having these conversations, I would be quiet because I was like, what in the fuck is going on out here? Like, I didn't even know. You know I mean, I, because in real life, I don't know anybody that hates on people like that. They hate all black men and they hate black women and they hate women. And I don't know anybody like that in real life. I didn't know anything about colorism until I was in my 20s because I didn't I wasn't raised like that. You know what I mean? So it, it's interesting when you get on social media and you see people that are trapped in these cocoon. And it's like in a cocoon of ignorance. But as long as you'll join in with them, they're good. They don't want to change anything. They want to just be exactly where they're at. And it's too bad because what ends up happening is, you know, even even for a lot of people that are on the pro black, like they talk a lot of pro black stuff. Sometimes they might um, make a decision where they start dating someone that everybody else is kind of like, whoa, I can't believe I can't believe they they're dating that person. I mean, at the end of the day, you can date whoever the hell you want. But if you make a bed for yourself hating on somebody and then you end up dating that type of person that does look kind of funny you know what i mean and that's why it's very important to not put everything on social media you know what i mean people know a little bit about me on social media they know i talk a lot of shit about sports they know i live in portland that's all they know really that's all you need to know really at the end of the day you know what i mean i guess the champagne stars could do a meet and greet but i don't know if i want to eat it i don't know if i want to meet any of you weird motherfuckers out there because you guys might do something weird you might slip a mickey in my in my drink or something i'm joking but uh <laughs> no i mean you know so it's, it's interesting because uh um, if we did do a meet and greet i just fuck with everybody you know what i mean i don't know what i would do i would just get give everybody a hard time the whole time but you know we cool you know it's all good i'm the youngest out of the whole crew so I'm the BG, so I'm allowed to do these kind of things. So, and I've seen the comments, people get mad at the stuff I be saying, but guess what? I ain't going anywhere. Okay. And, uh, and I'm not being disrespectful to anybody. You're never going to hear me call anybody the F word that ends with agate. You're never going to hear me say that word. You're never going to hear me, um, call women bitches and all that. kind. I don't do that kind of stuff. I don't do it in real life, but, um, I'm not going to kiss anybody's ass either. If I see something that's disrespectful and it happens to be a person that's from the LGBTQ community, I'm calling the shit out. If I see somebody doing something that's disrespectful to have be white, I'm calling it out. I'm not going to fucking wear kid gloves just because a certain group of people is popular right now. I don't give a fuck about none of that. Okay. So I know there's a lot of people out there that be, you know, whining and stuff or they be whining about mario or no 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 no. they don't whine about mario they whine about t they be whining about t because t be you know according to them he's always butting in people's conversations and stuff which i have no idea where they got that idea from um people always have something to say that's the bottom line but uh we're gonna keep on doing what we've been doing you know what i mean we're gonna keep on bringing bringing the real and being real because the moment i'm i gotta be fake i ain't doing a podcast no more I'm going to find something else to do. Okay. But, um, I encourage everybody to do some reading, do some research 
on, you know, people like Harriet Tubman. Do some research on Frederick Douglass. Do your research on Denmark VC. Do do your research, man. Uh, even well, unknown uh, people through history. There isn't really a lot of information known about John Brown. You know, the funny thing about John Brown, what I learned about John Brown is that the reason why Harper's Ferry didn't work is because John Brown got the guns but had the wrong bullets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the story goes that Harriet Tubman knew that John Brown was about to uh, raid Harper's Ferry and do his thing. And she was like, that motherfucker crazy. That shit ain't going to work. And that's why she didn't. Now, the, the People say that she was sick. That's the reason why. But a lot of there's a lot of scholars out there that know that uh, she just thought John Brown was crazy and it wasn't going to work. She had her own idea of how to make this thing work. And sure enough, it worked because John Brown got killed. Um, but yeah, he got he had the right guns, but had the wrong bullets. But um, there's not really a lot of information that's known about John Brown. There isn't really a lot of information known about Nat Turner. The Styron version of Nat Turner is not a true account. It's not a true account. It's really a lot of myths as well as truths because it was the information is so spotty. He had to add his own information into it to make the story seem right. And that's the same thing they did with the Harry Tubman thing. So when it comes to Nat Turner, there really is not a lot of information known about Nat Turner, you know, the, and but Nat Turner is not the only one. There's there's a lot of uh, unknown emancipators out there that we just don't have the information about is something that uh, a really, really, really important person in my life, a mentor of mine, Dr. Daryl Milner. He said um, he would, he said, how much history do you think we know? And he drew a um, a iceberg. Actually it wasn't Dr. Milner. It was uh, James Harrison, professor James Harrison. He said, how much history do you think we know? And he drew an iceberg with uh, water and everything on it, you know, and uh, the only thing you could see was the top of the iceberg and of course under underwater there's a huge iceberg underwater and everybody said oh we know a lot we know a lot we know a lot when really only thing we know is the part that that part of the iceberg that you see out the water that's all you know there's so much information that we just don't know yet so it's important to do as much research as you can. I'm always buying different kind of books and, you know, things of that name um, just so I can get more information just because I like to be correct. I don't like to be right. I like to be correct because I don't want to put any information out there where I lead somebody astray. And if I've said anything on tonight's podcast his, about history that someone might have I might have gotten wrong. I appreciate someone correcting me. It's very important. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of what I got tonight. I, you know, we're, I'm going to be we're going to be on tomorrow. Um, me and Mario, we're going to shoot it. We're going to, we're going to throw in a couple shows and keep this train going, man, because, um, you know, news comes at the speed of light. And for me, you know, when we get information, we got to, I, I'm the first, you know, me, Mario T, we're the first ones that's like, oh yeah, we got to get on that. We got to talk about that topic. We got to make that happen. So stay tuned, man, because, um, this is just the beginning. We haven't even begun to get into, you know, into our wheelhouse of, shit talking and and you know doing what we do so stay tuned highlight your boy y'all have a good night